As we remain standing for the reading of God's sacred word, this is the third message in this series that God has given us for 2018. The series is entitled, A Time of Harvest. A Time of Harvest. And you shall reap a harvest if you don't give up. Amen. Look at somebody and say, just don't give up. Amen. All year long, you're going to hear us say this. This third message, the text for this message today is found in that wonderful Old Testament uh, writings of the prophet Joel. Joel, the second chapter, verses 25 through verse 28. We're reading this morning from the New King James Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. A time of harvest is the series. This is message or sermon number three. Verse 25, the book of Joel, the second chapter, New King James Version. It says, God speaks through the prophet Joel, and he says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. <laughs> I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards. In other words, after this, <laughs> that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And the church that loves God's word said amen. 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 Do me a favor. Just look at somebody. Don't touch now. I want you all to catch me. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got enough texts and reminders. Pastor, you know it's flu season. I say, I got it. But God is able. Tell somebody he's still a healer. Look at somebody standing next to you. And here's the subject for today's message. Look at someone and say, from devastation to restoration to transformation. Tell them God is turning it around. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. From devastation to restoration to transformation. Just a little side note. God is turning it around. Anybody know you received that word for you? This morning, listen, it has been said many of times, and I agree with the statement, 
that sometimes on this journey that we all call life, sometimes our greatest blessings occurs right after some of our most painful and difficult experiences. Let me make sure I'm in the right church. Are there any witnesses? Is there anybody in here who can testify that I've been blessed after I came through some horrible times in my life? Hmm. Since this is a time harvest, I, I thought about this analogy. There are farmers that will tell you that some of their best years of harvest have occurred after what was some of their perhaps worst years. Let me help you understand this. Good years came after what was bad years. Good times followed what were bad times. The key is that we have to hold on. We have to learn how not to give up in well-doing. <laughs> because in due season, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. Listen, I have come to realize in my own personal life that perhaps some of my greatest hardships, some of my greatest heartaches ended up actually being the source of many of my greatest blessings. That's just my testimony. I know you have yours. That, 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 that what I thought was so devastating <laughs> ended up being such a tremendous blessing for me. What I thought would take me out Ooh, thank you Holy Ghost actually elevated me to a new level of spiritual maturity any witnesses in here throughout the Bible there are many powerful testimonies of just this powerful testimonies that were birthed out of what seemed to have been great tragedies and great hardships throughout the Bible. There are two that comes to mind quickly. First is Sister Ruth, the Moab woman. You know about Sister Ruth who lost her husband. Sister Ruth who relocated to a strange land, faithful to her mother-in-law Naomi. Ruth who lost everything, found herself picking the leftovers in the field of a man by the name of Boaz, the richest man, the most eligible bachelor of his time. Ooh, here's Ruth, uh, not with a manicure, not with fancy hairdos, and not, not with a fancy uh, name brand outfit, but just Ruth being Ruth. Ooh, God had taken her through some difficult times and relocated her from a homeland. God needed Ruth to be in the fields 
gleaning the leftovers in order for Boaz to take notice. And what Ruth thought was a hardship actually was a setup for something greater. Boaz saw her. She eventually married Boaz. They had a son, Obedad, who had a son, Jesse, who had a son named David. Don't tell me what God can't do. God can take your hardships and give you the desires of your heart. Then another example that comes to mind in the Old Testament is a 17-year-old young man by the name of Joseph. When I see all of these wonderful young people in here today, I, I saw my students from CIU up there praising God and others from around here. And young people are walking in church today on this rainy Sunday. I, I, I thought about Joseph, a man who was faithful to God. But you know, sometimes your faithfulness will attract haters. Look at somebody and say, you do know everybody won't celebrate with you. Some, some people can't handle your dreams. They can't handle what God is going to do in your life. And Joseph haters were those in his own family. His own brothers hated him and put him in a pit and later sold him into slavery. And he later, because he stood up for what was right, found himself in a dungeon, in a prison dungeon. But he never gave up. He kept the faith. But God elevated him. God used the pit to get Joseph out of his comfort zone. And sometimes God has to allow trouble to come in our way, to push us out of a place we never would leave voluntarily. And God allowed trouble to relocate Joseph, and he found himself in a pit and in a dungeon, but eventually he ended up in the palace. Woo. Joseph's brothers came to him some years later, 20 plus years later, fell down on their knees and began to apologize to Joseph. Joseph said, get up, you owe me no apology for what you meant for evil. Woo! God meant it for my good. Just to get on the devil's nerve, do your hand like this, say, turn it around. What your haters thought would take you out actually took you up. Can I say that again? What your haters thought would take you out. Look at somebody and say, we'll take you up. You're going to end up in a place you never would have been in if somebody had not hated on you. Somebody say, but God. Uh, listen, we are often transformed. Listen to this. When, when, when God dropped this line in my spirit some weeks ago as I was preparing this, I, I had to just put the computer down and close my eyes and say, Lord, this is for me. This statement. We are often transformed more by the trials and the hardships we go through rather than some of our most pleasurable and enjoyable moments. In other words, God said to me, Dara, you have grown more by the stuff you went through that you did not enjoy than the things you did enjoy that was good for a moment, but they didn't really benefit you much. Whew. But because 
folk force me to pray. <laughs> can, can I preach to somebody? If, if, if some of your children hadn't that crazy, you wouldn't have the prayer life you have now. Because they force you to pray. <laughs> because what you went through forced you on your knees. You develop a relationship with God that the next time you went through something, you say, oh, this is nothing. I've been through worse before. I, uh, somebody ought to just take 30 seconds to put a holler on it. That's it. Just, just, just throw your head back and just... Let the city hear you just scream and holler one, one good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. Things you lost benefited you more than the things you pursued. Can I preach? Because I, I, I wish I could. Sometimes when you get older, you kind of wish you could start over again. Because you're a lot wiser when you get older. And I sometimes say, Lord, if I had the common sense I have now when I was 20 and 30, I, 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 I lost a lot. And I pursued a whole lot of people that were not good for me. I, 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 I found myself doing all kinds of things just to be in the company of people that I thought would help elevate my career. And they did nothing like that. And God said, didn't I tell you I had it? You didn't need that knucklehead to help you get anything. I already have predetermined where you're going to end up. And God said, I've got a place with your name on it that you don't have to kiss up to anybody. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Woo! Tell somebody God already has your place. God already has your next move. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. Now, in order to put this in some context, Paul was, was phenomenal. He was a scholar and an educator. Circumcised the eighth day. Paul sat at the feet of Camellia. In other words, he attended the harmage of his day. Paul had all of that but he lost it. All of that went away when he gave his life to the Lord. But then he writes in Philippians 3 and 8, don't you feel sorry for me? Paul says, don't mourn for me, for I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Woo. In IV translation, he says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. In other words, things that I thought were so important, I lost them. But as I look back over my life, I didn't need it anyhow. How, how many of you can look back over your life and the friends you thought you couldn't live without, God said you're living better because they're not in your life. That relationship you thought that you could not survive if they were not in your, look at you. Not only are you surviving, you are thriving because God knows how to take what you've lost and elevate it to be a blessing in your life. 
get ready for the next move of God. And who am I preaching to? Just a handful of folk ought to wave your hands and say, I receive that word, Lord. Good God Almighty. And so, as we transition to the text, I want to take my time and preach this text. Let us see how in this text, something phenomenal, something good, something transformational came out of what seemed to have been something that was so devastating. The setting for our text is important. It occurs at a time of great hardship for the nation of Judah. Now, according to historians, even secular historians, a devastating plague of locusts had attacked in an unprecedented way the entire landscape of Judah had been destroyed. Uh, I saw something this morning, someone sent, I think Andre sent this to me after the 8 o'clock, and it blessed me. Locusts that, that comes in a band, sometimes 30, 40 million locusts swarmed in on the footprint of Judah. This catastrophe is referred to by the Jewish historian Josephus in the book that is written that's entitled The Antiquities of the Jews. Josephus calls this the great locust plague. I, I want you to picture with me, with your Holy Ghost imagination, a landscape and millions and millions of locusts come in while the crop is ready to be harvested. And before you can harvest it, the locusts come in and devour everything that's in the land. Then a drought occurs, and the rivers dry up, and the sources of water dry up. And Listen how the prophet puts it in, in chapter 1 and verse number 4. Joel puts it this way. He states that what the chewing locust left behind, the swarming locust has eaten. And what the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. In other words, they left nothing. The nation was depressed. The nation was devastated. Uh, this catastrophe threatened the very existence of the people of Judah. For if there is no harvest, there could be no food. Without food, there could be no life. Let me read for you, if I can, chapter 1. Uh, verse 10, the New Living Translation. If you can find it for us, put it on the board. I just want you to read uh, with us verses 10, 11, and 12. Then we're going to drop down to verse 16, chapter 1, just to put this in some historical context. The Bible reads in verse 10 of chapter 1, the fields are ruined. The New Living Translation the land is stripped bare. 
The grain is destroyed. The grapes have shriveled. The olive oil is gone. Despair, all you farmers. Wail, a cry, all you vine growers. Weep, because the wheat and the barley, all the crops of the field are now ruined. The grapevines have dried up, and the fig tree have withered. The pomegranate tree and the palm tree and the apple tree and all the fruit trees have dried up, and the people's joy has dried up with them. In other words, no crop, no fruit, no joy. Somebody say devastation. Oh, verse 16 goes on to say, our food disappears before our very eyes. No joy celebrations are held in the house of God. In other words, they can't even worship anymore. The seeds die in the parched ground, and the grain crops fail. The barns are empty. The granaries are abandoned. How the animals mourn with hunger. The herds of cattle wander about confused because they have no pastures. The flocks of sheep and goat are belated in misery. Somebody say devastation. Devastation. Uh, no crop. No grain. No cattle. Nothing to harvest. No food to eat. People are dying. But I stop by with some good news. <laughs> May I preach? What appears to be devastation to man is just an opportunity for God. I feel like preaching. Look at somebody and say, what appears to be hopeless to man is an opportunity for God. Sometimes God likes us to fall between a rock and a hard place just so you'll know that man can't help you. Sometimes you got to lose confidence in men just so you know that God is able to make a way out of no way. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. And I'm here to tell you with every prophetic book in the Old Testament, note this. This is important not to miss. God's deliverance always starts with God's word. Don't miss this because oftentimes we don't want to sit under the word and yet we expect deliverance. But nowhere in the Old Testament does God send deliverance without first sending a word. He sends a prophetic word about this is what I am going to do. And it takes faith to trust a word when you're still in a drought. It takes faith to trust God's word when you're still going through devastation. It is so easy to shout over what you receive as it relates to tangible gifts. 
but can you receive nothing but a word and trust God that God will still make a way out of nowhere. So God says to the prophet Joel, I am going to deliver Israel eventually, but let me first give you a word. And he does that in verse 25. The Lord promised, listen to this, to restore all that had been destroyed. He promised to restore not just what was recently lost. I'm going somewhere. Can I preach this? Somebody say preach, Pastor. I feel like preaching. Here's what God said. God said, I will not only restore to you what you lost this year and what you lost this month and what you lost last month, but listen to the text. I will restore unto you the years, good God Almighty. God said, I'm going back, not one month, not two months, but I'm going to give you every year that the enemy stole from you. Can I get some witness? Look at somebody say, God's going to back it up and give you what you thought you lost. Can I get a witness? Sister Cynthia Brown, I thought about you and the testimony you told me about. How you lost your husband who's a veteran and you dealt with Veterans Administration and they had five years of thinking they had something back from you. But when you got your blessing, they not only gave you what was last month, but they gave you for the last five years. Who am I preaching to? Look at somebody and say, neighbor, get ready. Payday is coming after a while. God said, I backed it up. I backed it up. I'm, I'm going to give you everything the enemy stole. I'm going back to 2011, 2010. I'm going back to 2008. I may even go back to 1998. Don't y'all make me hurt myself, but I feel like preaching. All I need is a few witnesses that believe God can go back and get what the enemy stole and bless you. Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. Look at somebody and say, get ready. Get your storehouse ready. God will open the windows of heaven. And Tell somebody, excuse me. I just remembered what the devil did for the last 10 years in somebody's life. Oh, we're getting ready to get on the devil's nerve. I need to take a pause right here. Anybody in here for the last 10 years, he's been messing with your family, messing with your finances, messing with your health, messing with your mindset. Get ready. For God said, 
I will restore unto you the years. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Get ready for years worth the blessing. Come on, church. Come on, church. All you need is a word. The word on this Sunday morning is that God's going to restore the years. Somebody shout the years. saying this lightly but as I was saying that God just dropped a prophetic word in my spirit I don't know who this is for and just for the record when God bless you you don't owe me nothing I don't want a thing but somebody in here God said you've been waiting on something for a long time and God's gonna give you double for your trouble that deserves a quick shot. Y'all sit down. Can I can I just finish the prophecy? God told me. And I'm not going anywhere. I preach every Sunday. I don't travel to nobody else's church on Sunday morning. I'm pre I'll be here next Sunday for the rest of this year if God sees fit. God said before 2018 is over, somebody in here is going to get a check that you never thought you would ever get. Look at somebody and say, your window is open. Get ready for the floodgates. Send it, Lord. Let me finish this. All I want you to do when you get it is just drop me a note and say, God did it. God did it. We aren't going to call your name because I don't want folk bothering you. Some, I, I just have to say what God says. Somebody in here in 2018, under the sound of my voice, listening by way of radio or internet, somebody in here, can I say it? I, I, I almost don't even want to say it. Because the devil is saying, don't you say it. The devil said to me, if you said you got to back it up, I said, no, I don't. God will back it up. Can I say it, baby? My wife told me to say it. Somebody in here, before 2018, God said, you're going to be rich. 
Paul Kudus of the For the record, I don't want any of it. Amen. When, when, when God blesses you, you bless somebody else. I don't know who it is. I don't know your name. I don't know your business. But I know the God I serve is getting ready to turn it around. Listen. Just so you know, there's some word to back this up. Verse 26 of the text, the Lord goes on to say this, and you will one day soon eat in plenty. Look at the word. Eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. Somebody just shout restoration. Woo! Devastation, restoration. Look at verse 27. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. When God turns it around, there are folk that will see your blessing. And they will know there's a God somewhere. Uh, my people shall never be put to shame. Verse 28, the Lord shares a prophetic word. He says, and it shall come to pass after this. Woo. God almighty. Look at somebody say, after this, after your troubles, after your sorrows, after your sadness, God's going to pour out his spirit in your family. Can I preach this? God said, those knucklehead, hard-headed children of yours that you are about to give up on, don't you give up on it. Because after this, I will pour out my spirit and your sons. Look at somebody and say, your sons. Tell them your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Look at God. And then the final aspect of this message. Number one, devastation. Number two, restoration. Woo. But number three, tell them transformation. God's going to take what you went through to make you a better person. Verse 32 of the text, the prophet writes these words, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, see if it had not been for devastation, you never would have called on his name. May I preach this? God says, you know, early in the text, the great army that I sent, God said, 
I sent the locust because I needed to change your life. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is the ultimate proof of transformation. God says, I'll save your family. I'm going to save your house. I'm going to bless your house. I will change your life. Things you used to desire, you won't desire anymore. You had to go through that. That's why I didn't want you to shout anymore. Because I need you to get this. You have to go through something. Stand to your feet all over this place. Look at somebody and say, you have to go through something in order for God to set you up for something that's greater. Ooh, we're going to do this altar a little different today. What you thought was devastation was just an opportunity for God to set you up for something greater in your life. Devastation led to restoration. Restoration led to transformation. I don't know about you, but I'm better now because of what I went through. Any witnesses? And I want to do something here today. There's a wonderful song that Brother Anthony and the choir and the BJ are going to come with. But Sean Mitchell wrote these words that say, sometimes discouraged. I don't want you to come to the altar, but just hear this right now, but not defeated. Cast down, but not destroyed. Ooh. There are times I don't understand, <laughs> but this is the part I like. Deacon Kennedy, God says, but I believe it's turning around for me. Look at somebody that says, turn it around for me. I've had struggles. I've had disappointments. There were times I felt so alone. <laughs> Some of my, may I add a word, fake friends, they let me down. But I still believe. Look at somebody and say, I still believe it's turning around for me. I can see the breaking of day. God is making a way. A change is coming for me if I stand strong and believe. There's no reason to doubt. I know he's working it out. Look at somebody again and say, it's turning around for me. Listen to this last verse. It won't always. <laughs> Good God Almighty. I need you to encourage somebody. Just wave at him and say, it won't always be like this. Woo. The Lord will perfect concerning me. Woo! Sooner or later, it will turn in my favor. Somebody say it's turning around.
for me. Now listen to this. Come on, Brother Anthony, sing this. Before you come, I want them to sing, because this is what I want. Someone in here this morning. Sometimes discouraged. And I know this is asking something. But not defeated. Those of you that need God to transform something in your life, you don't just need a regular altar prayer this morning. Ooh. You need God to do something that's supernatural. You, you want to make a life-changing, altering decision for God. I need the ministers to just stand at this altar right now. All young ministers, older. And when somebody walk down that aisle, I want somebody to meet them halfway in and bring them. God told me to do this this way. That's why I ended this message a little early. Come on, Anthony, tell them again and listen. Listen to the words. Sometimes discouraged. If you're here right now, but not and I'm talking about you, come. Look at it. They, they're coming. Hands down. Come, just stand. You need to make a life-changing decision. There are times I <laughs> don't understand how. Thank you. Others are coming. I believe it's turning around for me. Life-changing decision. See, I have struggled. I've had struggles. And this is no time to play. We're not playing with God this morning. There These were are, times I there were times I felt so alone. That's somebody's testimony in here. Some of my friends. Some of my friends let me down. Life changing. But I believe commitment decisions. Turning around for me. Woo. Around for me. Around for me. Life changing decisions. Around for me. You needed that devastation. For me. You needed that hardship and that heartache. Around, around, around. That's right. Around for me. It's turning around. Cause I can see the breaking. That's right. God is. God is. Look at this altar. Look at this altar. <laughs> There's no reason to doubt. It won't know. It won't always be. Just lift those hands and wave them in. Concerning me. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. It will turn. It'll turn in my favor. Ah, he's turning. 
been through devastation and God says I'm sending restoration but you have to accept transformation see the first two are out of your control you could not have stopped the locusts and God will send the restoration but you have to receive the transformation now listen is there someone in here that's standing at this altar, at this audience? And you're ready for the transformation. All I need you to do is just wave your hands. Just raise your hand and just keep it raised. Look at him, preachers and ministers. Just, just, just wave, the, just lift that hand. Woo. Sooner or later. Return, return. Sooner. God's going to do something. said to those of you that raised those hands and after this prayer here's the next step I need you to just follow these ministers to sanctuary next door they just want to pray with you preachers and ministers I don't need you to preach to them over there they've already been preached to 
just need you to be there to receive the transformation that God has made. There's some young people in here, and I see you at the altar. God said, your life is about to change for something phenomenal. What the locusts thought they had destroyed, God said, I needed the locusts to clean out all the dead stuff so that I can bring new life. God's about to do something phenomenal in somebody's life. And I know it's been a struggle, but get ready for something great. Sooner or later, come on, turn. Turn. Everybody, I believe you will. Lift those hands. They're going to take you to the fellowship hall. There's a funeral next door after this service. But you know right now, I'm not too concerned about the dead. I'm concerned about those of you that are alive. Because God is about to do something phenomenal in your life. Don't let this moment pass. Because if you follow these instructions... God says, I will do something. After we pray, to those of you that are going next door, somebody's in the back, where the preacher's in the back, somebody's standing right behind this crowd, Brother Jennifer and others who will lead you there. Look at somebody that says, transformation. Transformation. Your devastation has led to your transformation. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. Thank you for our struggles, hardships. Thank you, Lord, for times when we felt all alone. We thank you because you have prophetically declared what the locusts had destroyed. You will restore the years back to us. We are thanking you for restoration. But even more importantly than restoration, we thank you for transformation. Change us, Lord. Make us to be what you want us to be. Move in a mighty way, Lord. It is already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sooner or later, raise your hands again if you want to go. Just walk down those aisles and follow. Open the back doors and ministers where are you somebody come on the ministers just wave your hands ministers in the air follow them God, where are my preachers and ministers that come on walk down the middle aisle come on come, come on ministers be at the back door and others come on sooner or later others are walking out they're turning Look at them, look at them, they're coming, walking down the aisle sooner. They're walking down, as, as y'all go with them, come on. That's right, thank you. Young ministers and others go with sooner or later. Woo. Look at God. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. 
God told me to do this. I want every parent in here that are praying for transformation in your child. Come stand at this altar quick. Sooner or later, come on, tell them. Every parent, every parent, grandparent, you're praying for transformation. Come on soon. sooner or later. Verse 28 on the screen just before the benediction soon. Come on as we sing. We're going to stand on this word. Then we'll offer the benediction. Come on, choir. Let's, let's go. It'll turn in my favor. I believe you will. Bring me out of this. Listen, give me one second to testify. 2008, in my personal life, God gave me the scripture. <laughs> and I said, God, are you sure? God says, I'll do it. You all know God has blessed me, two wonderful sons. In 2008, my oldest son was preparing to move to Washington, D.C. My youngest son was, was in his process. God had done something. My granddaughter had just been born. January 14th, 2008. At the beginning of February, it's my birthday, at the beginning of February, I, I prayed to God. I said, Lord, you made me a promise. God said, open your Bibles, Dad. Turn to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And God made me a promise. <laughs> he says, and it shall come to pass. And this is for everybody at this altar. Just wave your hands. And it shall come to pass afterward. After this, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And this is what he said to me, Attorney Dennis Jerry. He says that your sons, <laughs> your sons will prophesy. Your sons will proclaim the gospel. I said, Lord, are you sure? I said, this cannot be talking about me. And God said, trust me, I'll do it. He's, and I closed the Bible, fell on my knees, and God said, I'm not telling you when, but it's going to happen. And here we are, 10 years later, both of my sons are at church, at the altar, proclaiming God in their life. If God can do it for me, God can do it for you sooner or later. Come on. God's doing it. God will do it. Thank you, Lord. 
I pray over you. I lift my hands over your life. Some of you are in here right now. Whatever you're struggling with, don't you give up on anybody. Don't give up on your daughters. Don't give up on your sons. God says, and I will pour out my spirit. God says, after the devastation, after the restoration, I will send transformation. And I'm going to do something that only God can do. So get ready. I'm not sure how long it's going to take. It took me years before God manifested, but God did it. Here we go. Lift those hands. Lord, as I stand at this altar, what you promised me, first week of February 2008, you're making this promise again to someone else. Ten years later, <laughs> you're making this promise. There's some parents and grandparents in here, and their sons and daughters will prophesy. They will be mighty men and women of God. <laughs> You're going to use them in a mighty way. Some may even be incarcerated right now. But that's all right, Lord. You're going to let it out. Let them out. They're getting out, and they're getting out better. Some may be in drug houses right now. Some may be alcoholics right now. Some may have no relationship with you right now. But just like you did it for me, you can do it for them, Lord. Sooner or later, it's going to turn in their favor. And we said it is already done. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go back and celebrate sooner or later. Yeah. Oh, sooner. sooner or later. It'll turn in. Oh, sooner. Give God a praise. Anybody know he's turning it around? Amen. You can be prepared to take your seat. We're not going to pronounce our benediction. We'll be going into our Holy Communion service in a few minutes. Give God a praise for the word of God. From devastation to restoration to transformation. Anybody know that sooner or later? He's going to turn it around. Amen. Those of you that are in the balcony, if you can be prepared to take your seats, if you would be prepared to.